Welcome to the Digital Maddy Show. This is a platform where I share my knowledge on video creation, chatbot marketing, digital marketing, and how to grow your business through video making. I also invite many influencers and digital marketers on the show and ask amazing questions to extract their secrets of business. Let's get started with your host. Hi, my name is Mithil, and I'm a YouTube and video creation coach, and I help aspiring video influencers to create and monetize their content through video making. Today we have an amazing guest on our show. She is a writer, public speaker, teacher, organic farmer, and an entrepreneur. She is already into the studio. Let's welcome her. So let's welcome on our show an amazing person. Her name is Mila, and let me introduce her. She is a writer, public speaker, teacher, organic farmer. and an entrepreneur she teach all writing and publishing skills social media e-commerce she is a published author uh, she has a new book that is from uh, from cowgirl to congress uh, about uh, her famous you know grandmother who came from a troubled childhood and became the first woman lobbyist in dc and at the forefront of women's movement she lectured all across us and with elena roosevelt and many other people She worked for social justice all her life until the age of 94. Uh, Mila is also coming with another book uh, called as the 21 Surprising Tips to Promote Your Book. So, welcome Mila to our show. Thank you so much for having me, Mithal. Most welcome. So, uh, Mila, let me ask you my favorite question. Uh, can you share one of your favorite quote or a line that uh, motivates you on a daily basis? Okay. Um Oprah says we have to reinvent ourselves until the end. And Glinda the Good from Oz says you've always had the power. Yes. Lovely. I just admire both the characters. Uh Oprah is also one of my favorite mentor and learned a lot from her. So uh Mila thank you for sharing that particular quote. So uh would you like to share your back story or journey? Well, I was raised in by a single mother in Southern California. She was a teacher, but she wasn't home a lot and she was sick, so I kind of had to raise me and my brother and and we were we were fairly poor. We went to bed without dinner sometimes, you know, and and my grandmother was always there to help and to inspire me and to be my mentor. My grandmother, Jessie Haver Butler, was always there telling me all her stories that I have put into this book from Cowgirl to Congress. And I think she's what saved me besides my beautiful religion that I grew up in. And and I I married a farmer, an organic farmer, so I went from gangland to farmland with plenty of food. And I was okay back then. I I didn't participate in everything, but my brother he didn't make it out of gangland. So It's one of those stories, but I think it's a lot of people's stories. So I, we need to tell everyone that no matter where you come from or what happens to you, no matter what, you can do anything at any time. That's my message. <laughs> Love. So, uh, can you share something more about this book that you have written uh, related to your grandmother? Yes, um, from Cowgirl to Congress. My husband came up with that name in a humorous moment at, when we were out at lunch one day, and um, I've been putting it together for a year and a half. 
my my grandmother raised me. She took me along with her when she was older and spoke with Gloria Steinem and Marlo Thomas in Hollywood several times, and Jane Fonda. And she uh, she had written this memoir, but she couldn't get it published. She had already written another book from Time um, Time to Speak Up. She taught thousands of women to speak, and Eleanor Roosevelt would open all her speech classes for her. And um, Jessie came from a very tough childhood, much tougher than mine. She grew up on a cattle ranch with all kinds of family problems, and her mother died when she was 10, which back then, metal, all of the mothers died. Nobody raised their own children. Her mother died when she was 10. And so then a stepmother came, and she died. And finally, a teacher got her off to Smith College and she was propelled into the middle of the um, suffrage movement right before 1920. And the great thing is she was always on the edge of things. After Smith College, her first job was to help put together the Pulitzer School of Journalism. How lucky was she? And then her second job was to help set the first minimum wage for women from $4 a week, if you can imagine, to $8 a week. And then she was hired in D.C. to come and be a lobbyist to get the minimum wage set for the whole country because it was first set in Boston. If something's set in Boston, it goes all over the country. And there she met Alice Paul, the famous suffragette, and worked with her. She had lunch with her every day in her house. Alice Paul would kind of do a cafeteria style for all the women working on the movement. And then she worked with Carrie Chapman Catt, and she became the, the first woman lobbyist at the Capitol. And she has a funny story about being a lobbyist. Would you like me to tell it? Absolutely. Or, okay, well, it's, it's a great story how she could get and work with people. A lot of men are in this book because mainly she dealt with men, I think. And she had to take the minimum wage into um, a senator who was from Kentucky and he was very gruff and he was known not to like women and to put everybody down. And, and if, but if he liked a bill, it would get through because he was so powerful. And so she went in all dressed in a nice dress and afraid a little. And she, uh, no one was in the outer office. So she sailed into his office and he said, Hey, how'd you get in here? She goes, well, Senator, there was no one in the front office and I need to ask you a very important question. Well, why aren't you home having babies like you should be? And she said, well, well, Senator, it's customary to have a husband and all the good men are taken. So he laughed and then he opened up to her and then he said, what do you do for recreation? And she said, oh, I, I canoe up and down the Potomac every weekend with all of my uh, politician friends. And he opened up and started telling her about his boyhood in Kentucky, canoeing and swimming in the rivers. And he became her friend and said, when do you want me to set the date? And she said, she gave him a date. And he said, from now on, you need my help. You come to me for anything. And he became her mentor and her, her senator that would help her get the bills through. And back then, the most amazing thing about Congress was anybody could go into any session and listen and even speak. Can you imagine if it was like that today? Wow. <laughs> so that was one of her great stories in the capital of DC. And there's another great story, I don't know if you want it, but it was when she took down the entire meatpacking industry. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a funny story. She, she knew the cattle industry because her father was a cattleman. 
And she went into this meeting and they were talking about the meat packers um, really messing with the cattlemen and taking, they'd ship their cattle to Kansas. And when they got there, they'd say, oh, we're lowering the price. So they'd lose all their money because they couldn't ship them home. Well, their father had done that. He shipped his cattle from Colorado to Kansas to be processed. As soon as they got there, they said, uh, you, we are going to pay you this. And he couldn't ship them home, so he lost all his money. The next year, all the cattle wandered into quicksand and sunk. So he became a realtor, a very uh, successful realtor after that, <laughs> reinventing himself. And so she went into this meeting and she thought, wow, no one knows about this. And no newspaper would do the article. She knew how to write articles from Pulitzer School of Journalism. So she went into the Christian Science Monitor, which was a huge, huge newspaper back then. And the, her friend worked there. And they didn't have the meat packers uh, ads in the papers. There were huge ads every single day. So they would print the article. And as soon as they printed the article, the other papers could. She did this for three months. She wrote an article every day and took it over the Christian Science Monitor. President Wilson started paying attention and he made a law that stopped the meat packers cold. And they never knew it was Jessie. If they would have known it was my grandmother, Jessie, she could have been murdered by these meat packers. And it's still going on. I was trying to find an article about it the other day. It's still an issue as we are hearing in the news today. Okay. Lovely. So uh, the book that you have written uh, about your grandmother, where can people buy that book and know more about your grandmother and the legacy? It, yes, it's um, on Amazon. It just came out last week and it'll be an ebook soon, but right now it's a, it's a paperback and it will also be on an audiobook. and it's it's quite a book. All her stories are great. I don't tell her stories as well as she told them. I would spend the night at her house and then in the morning as a child hop on her bed and say, oh, tell me again about the three-legged cat, you know, and <laughs> I, she would just tell me her stories over and over and every single time they were exactly the same. In fact, a woman named Sherna Glock went and interviewed Jesse for another book from Parlor to Prison that is out, has been used in women's studies since the 1970, uh, 1970s. And she told the stories in that book exactly as she had always told me the stories. Cool. So I would uh, request all the viewers who are listening to this particular episode, do check out that link and grab a copy and learn all about the various stories and get motivated. So, uh, yes, absolutely. So Mila, uh, how do you help uh, women find other streams of income and empowerment? I have been a teacher all my life and I think a lot of that came from hanging out with Jesse and of course my mother influenced me in that way and I teach at our ad local adult education and I teach um, how to open an Etsy store which is anyone in the world can do eBay which I think is a little even more friendly to around the world because of the shipping and I, I help uh, women and men start their stores and get going on that and I also teach social media because I think social media can get you everywhere and my two favorite social medias right now are facebook and twitter because you can do the most if you're a writer twitter is fantastic i couldn't figure out twitter for a long time so i keep pushing buttons here's to inspire everybody push buttons until it happens and you know um of course i think middle has a lot of training in that department available <laughs> from what i've been seeing on his on his um on his notices and um so uh, Twitter, I had 56 followers for eight years. <laughs> That's pitiful. I finally figured out a formula. 
and I went from 56 to 8,000 in eight months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the formula. Like other people's tweets, tweet, retweet, and, and participate in everything people ask you to do. Do their polls, uh, answer their questions, and then start asking your own questions and putting up your own polls. But that's it. Tweet, retweet, like, participate. If you do those four things, you can build it. And for writers, there's a huge, uh, there's a very huge coalition on there. And every single day, about three to five of them ask for your book. They're probably going to buy the ebook because they're going to say, oh, I'm going to buy five books today. I'm going to buy 10 books today. Spam me your book. So you can, um, you, you can sell your book like crazy that way. And, and then there's all these other uh, review groups coming on too. And so I store them all on my profile page. I can go back and go, okay, I'm going to do Goodreads and I'm going to do book, uh, the, the book Bible. And there's a lot of them. So I have a, another book coming out on, on the help writers, but it could help anybody. It's actually the formula that you could do for any business. And it's called 21 Surprising Tips to promote your book and that's a short book it's like a quick book you just it's quick and I, I I made a PowerPoint to go with it and I'm gonna actually be teaching a class on it because I'm moving all of my classes since this whole you know virus thing I'm moving all my classes online to teachable right now because I, I realize right now and I'm gonna do a lot of it for free I think because I really want to help women especially but anybody get on Etsy and eBay and we need to all create multiple streams of income I make all my extra spending money on Etsy okay. I, I right now right now I'm the bottle mogul everybody's making um, hand sanitizer and I happen to have all these bottles because I make herbal products. I'm also an herbalist. And I have, buy them ahead of time in big bulk so that I don't pay too much and then I sell them. Well, right now I can't keep them in and, and I, I'm, I'm selling like $500 worth of bottles a week. So it's kind of surprising to me because I never really usually sell bottles. So you never know. You never know. Whatever, whatever something is happening, like I tell my Etsy and eBay students, if you find out quilts are selling, well, Go to the thrift store and get more quilts and put them on. You know, just let's move. We all have to pivot right now. We have to reinvent ourselves. Like Oprah says, reinvent ourselves till the end. So I'm, I'm probably doing about five kinds of business right now. And it's all adding up to, you know, enough to live on and to spend money on things, even though I can't go anywhere right now. But I'm having a great time. Here's another thing. I suggest everybody take all the classes you can. I'm in about... Um, three to five hours now of, of um, being with mentors and classes and learning today is a huge and you might be interested in this podcast seminar for four days I'll send you the info you may you may like it there's a uh, about 10 20 podcasters who are going to speak about different subjects maybe about mics and what to to have which I'd like to start I haven't done it I'm, I'm on a lot of podcasts but reinvent yourself Whatever it is, if podcast is becoming the big thing, become a podcaster. If, if quilts are selling, go buy some quilts. But let's just pivot and, and create ourselves to be open. And we can do a lot of things. We can be Jill and Jacks of all trades, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned about social media. So how can social media help women achieve their goals? Well, you know, right now, I've just 
because I'm home and I'm learning a lot and I've decided to just learn all I can, increase your computer skills, number one, and go to YouTube. YouTube has a tutorial for everything. If you could learn one thing a day, you could increase what you do. And you know, a great um, thing happened at Harvard. They did a study that everything you learn or try that hurts your brain, like computer, language, music, but I say computer, <laughs> stops Alzheimer's. It can help you prevent Alzheimer's. So every time you learn a new computer skill, you're one step away from senility. And I think that's really, really exciting and important. And I tell all my students that to open them up. But um, I think that social media, right now I'm joining all these women empowerment groups on Facebook. There's tons of them. And there's one for women who are shy. And I'm not, but I, I think I liked it because a lot of women I hear say, but I don't want to put myself out and I don't know how to put myself out. Well, you could join that group and then you're in good company. And on all of these groups, most of them are giving away free seminars now, free. Uh, that's the operative word. Uh, and it's exciting because I've joined about 10 new women entrepreneurial groups and they're from all over the world. Everybody's from everywhere. And you can get ideas. You can ask questions. Some people will support you. Some people will send you students. And there's all these ways that we're integrating and, and networking. And it's very, very exciting right now. And I, I just put together a poetry book for my grandmother for the 100th anniversary coming up. And I got women to enter into the poetry contest from all over the United States. We only did the United States because I had to mail it out. But I, I got women from India, from Africa, from Canada. They live here now, but they were from everywhere. And one woman sent her poems in, in Spanish, which I was very excited about because my husband's fluent in Spanish being a farmer. Okay. Anyway. That's cool. So uh, you said there's a second book that's coming uh, related to 21 surprising ways to promote your book. So can you tell something about it? Yes, I was in a class. I'm a writer. I, I'm writing a lot of books and I've written a lot of books. But I was in a class with one of my new mentors and he it was a, a five hour class. We're going to all write a book in a day. Uh, and I thought, okay, because usually I think my books have to be big and laborious. Like, this is my book, you know, from Cowgirl to Congress, 300 pages, which is short compared to all my other friends who are doing 400 pages. But I wanted to make it short and readable, you know, because a lot of us are ADD now, uh, sort of. And and so um, he had us write a book in a day. And he's talking about, probably maybe you do this too, is you write a book about what you want to teach and it's short. And then you give the book away and then you teach from it. And I have never really thought of that. So I know a lot about publishing books and how to promote the books. And I thought, I'm going to help these other people. And a lot of people in the class were interested because they were writing books that day. We were all writing books. And so I decided to write 21 Surprising Ways to, to Promote Your Book. And then I'm putting it on Teachable with, I'm going to really not charge much for it, or I'm going to give the book away, I don't know. And then I'm going to, um, I have a beautiful PowerPoint to go with it. And it's, it's really about how to use your social media, but start it now. Here's the deal. To build hype for your book, the best time was a year ago. The next best time is today. It doesn't matter when you start, but you have to start. 
And so I started building my social media uh, a, a while back and I've been working on it and I found the Twitter thing eight months ago. And I, I met a woman who said that she takes books to New York to sell to different different companies. And one company, she had two books who were pretty similar and one company said, well, which one? has the most following. Oh, this one. So they took that one. So, I mean, sometimes it's arbitrary like that. So it's, it's good to just push buttons and try things. And But my book guides everyone through blow by blow, lecturing, uh, blogging. Uh, I don't know a lot about co- podcasting, but I have a chapter on it, you know. And uh, it has 21, oh, and some surprising tips, really surprising things that I've learned from other people. One man taught me to go, there's a place called stamps.com. You can make your own stamps. So yeah, people are surprised to see your stamps. Another thing he did, which I thought was so funny, is he would do reverse shoplifting. You take your book and you put it next to a very popular writer's book on the shelf. And then when the people come to buy it, they go, oh, we don't have this book, we better order more. So so there's just these other really, really surprising ways of doing it. I'm, I'm gonna be sending my book to every famous person I can think of, you know, and uh, you never know if your book might be made into a movie. These are about books, of course, but all of these uh, precepts apply to anything you want to sell, in my opinion. True, absolutely. So, uh, what about your Cinderella story? Pardon? I'm asking, what about your own Cinderella story? Oh, yes. One of the books I've been working on for a long time, and, and it was scary for a while, I, I almost couldn't do it, is called The Cinderella Monologues. And it's about my own childhood and how I grew up. Not really bad things never happened to me. I was fortunate in that sense. But we did grow up poor without dinner sometimes and I grew up in a gangland um, outside of LA Los Angeles California and things could have happened to me but I was kind of naive and I was kind of doity-doy you know following the crowd walking along with them doing whatever they were doing but I, I was very very tall so I didn't have boyfriends I think I intimidated them I think that saved me for one thing yeah, from that age right uh, not my other friends and and so um, and it, it goes from me growing up with the influence of my grandmother to the rough times in gangland just being there watching my brother hanging out with probably the wrong people to people thinking oh my gosh she's not a cheerleader she's not going to be anything you know and what i've noticed though in my own life is that women and people who maybe weren't so popular in high school become more important doing more important things later in life so I don't know I mean do you get your hurrah now or later so I'm, I'd much rather have it now of course and I think that I've noticed that so so in my story I'm hoping to encourage other other people and there, there's some rough things in it that you know probably shouldn't discuss here but but I, I think that to inspire other women that no matter what we're okay you're you're okay I'm okay uh, it, it's a great story. It, it goes through, there's, you know, all kinds of people similar to, well, a lot of drug lords. I was always around drug people. And and I, my mom had no idea she was teaching. And, and it was like, 
she had no idea what danger I was in. And I had my grandmother to save me, so. And my religion, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Great, lovely. So, uh, what I can say, you have given an awesome, uh, you know, values today and uh, the journey and the memories, they are really, you know, awesome. So, Mila, uh, since we have reached to the end of this particular episode, uh, what would you like to say to our viewers? Well, I'd like to inspire everyone to start whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be, and, and learn new computer skills to support it because that's where it is right now. And write your book. Everybody has a book. Everybody has a book in them. Even if you're just writing your memoir or your stories for your own family to read, they'll love it. And to not stop, no matter what, go on Facebook, and join all the beautiful groups there to join whatever you're into if you're midwife there's midwife groups if you're an accountant there's accountant groups there's all kinds of things and and please go on to Amazon and buy my book from um, not from parlor to prison that's her other book from cowgirl to Congress and it's written it's every woman's story of winning the vote anywhere in the world and men will love it too because there's so many men mentioned in it President Wilson June George Bernard Shaw. It, anyway, it's a great, it's a great book. Great. So uh, thank you so much, uh, Mila, for being on this show. It was an honor and uh, it was amazing to know more about your grandmother and her stories. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Most welcome. So you have just listened to the Digital Maddie Show with your host, Mithil Dabehan. We have an amazing guest, Mila, who just shared an entire story and give lots of tips so if you are listening to this video on youtube you can subscribe to my channel and if you're listening to this as a podcast subscribe to my podcast thank you so much mila for giving so much awesome values and i will recommend everyone to just please go uh, there are links below where you can just click and uh, you know go to amazon and grab the copies order them learn about them thank you so much mila thank you